This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You never know when you come onto something whether or not it's going to be super successful. But what you do know when you look at something, you think, do you know what, that would be really fun to cast. And that clearly was how I felt about Bridgerton. Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm Gabby Collins, and I'm your guide behind the scenes at Shondaland. So, okay, the last two episodes, we heard from four phenomenal actresses. We heard about how they developed their characters, their friendships, and their thoughts about some of the really big themes throughout Bridgerton. These women and the entire Bridgerton ensemble brought all of this to their craft and gave us characters that we love, recognize, and salute. Magical, right? There's a special component to how this magic happens, and it happens long before anyone steps into a dress or emerges with a beat face and powdered wig. I'm talking about casting. Kelly Valentine Hendry is Bridgerton's casting director. In this episode, Kelly is going to take us back to the genesis of the show and how she decided who to entrust with the witty quips and cutting glances that Chris Van Dusen and the Bridgerton Writers Room built into the script. Let's jump right into our conversation. Kelly Valentine Hendry, welcome. Why don't you tell listeners who you are? And I don't know, tell us about something really interesting about yourself, a fun fact. I'm Kelly Valentine Hendry, and I'm the casting director of Bridgerton season one. In life, I am Kelly, wife to Julia, mother to Boo and Skipper, who are a dog and a cat. Uh, and I'm Scottish. And I actually share the birthday with Shonda Rhimes. So how does the woman who shares a birthday with Shonda Rhimes and is also Boot and Skipper's mom, get to be involved with casting Bridgerton. Maybe my attachment to Bridgerton is a story about you never know who you're speaking to because I got a phone call from my agent saying they want to meet you for this new show at Netflix called Bridgerton. 
I said, like, what do you mean they want to meet me? Like, who wants to meet me? He's like, well, Shondaland wants to meet you. I said, like, well, do they know who I am? Like, yes, they've asked to meet you. So apparently somebody who I had worked with previously at a different company, they must have suggested that I would be good for this job. I don't know who it was exactly, and I don't know when it happened, but before I knew it, I was um, on a call with Shondaland and had a wonderful meeting with them all, and they offered me the job. It was a very easy process and the whole time I was thinking, no one else? Just, are you sure? It's, it's me you want. So I was very delighted. So I always obviously nice or gave someone good information one day and it transpired into uh, casting Bridgerton. So I'm not going to argue with that. Be nice to people. <laughs> Kelly has really good advice here, y'all. You know, be nice and you might end up working at Shondaland. But in all seriousness, Shondaland is a house of creative giants. So I thought it would be really interesting to just know what Kelly's very first step was. I was on the way to the theater actually, and I knew I had a meeting on Bridgerton. So I went past Waterstones and Shaftesbury Avenue and went into the huge big bookshop there. It's a very famous bookshop. I didn't know which section to look in. And I was like, have you got Julia Quinn? Bridgerton series and I was in the historical section and I was over here in the literary section and then a nice lady directed me towards the slightly pastel pinky coloured section of romance which I had never been in and there it was there was Bridgerton so I purchased myself the Duke and I and off I went to the theatre I think I put it in my bag and then I did open it up and I thought oh lordy <laughs> racy Mm-hmm. So what did you think after you read the books and the script? Was it an immediate, like, yes, this is the show that I'm going to be working on next? Well, when you have Netflix and then you have Shondaland, you don't not pay attention to that. You know that there these are powerhouses coming together and you want to be part of that. And every job's a challenge in different ways. So Kelly says she doesn't really gravitate towards romance. Like so many people on this show have said, you know, there was something about Bridgerton, though, that just made them say, yes, this is a playground that I wish to play in. Here's what Kelly thought. You join a project and you think, my job is to make people believe that they're watching something new and something fresh. Maybe they have seen these actors before, but never in this genre. And I thought that was always our biggest task. And I love doing ensembles. So if you look at my credits, you'll see that, you know, we do quite often, you know, these, it's usually crime. Britain is obsessed with dodgy, dark, rainy crime. And I've done quite a few of them. And I love creating worlds that are clearly fictional, but we have to believe they're real. So when you shut your door at night or you turn off your television, the viewer needs to believe that these people belong in a world together. And yes, it's mostly fictional, and it could be in a village in Broadchurch. You know, it could be my Scandinavian, like, uh, Last Kingdom villages, you know, from way back in Saxon days. Or it can be in your Regency romance. And when you start casting, I don't think about characters singularly. It's always in an ensemble and what is that style of the ensemble and where do they sit in the entire world. What's very clear about Bridgerton is there's more than two worlds, or three, four, five worlds, you know, and it's not just class, it's style, it's, there's so many different worlds and to make them all sit within the same world is a fascinating challenge and you're like, ooh, 
who is this world? What is this world? How do I knit all of these worlds together? It's really difficult and also why I love my job. I love Kelly's job too. How fun, right? But it's a lot of work. There are a lot of elements to take into account. And so I was wondering what elements really helped her to get it? What elements helped her lock in and really understand Chris Van Dusen here? This is going to be crazy to you, but when I first read the script, there was a very small bit in the scene where I was like, there's Bridgerton. And it is a scene where Daphne hasn't had her suitors. It's gone a bit dry, as it were, for old Daph. And Humboldt is their servant. And they're all in their family room together. Someone comes in and announces that Humboldt is coming or Humboldt's got a message. And one by one, they go, Humboldt's coming. Humboldt's got a message. Humboldt, 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 Humboldt. I know it sounds weird to you, but... That was the scene then where I got Bridgerton. I understood it. I understood the humor and the pace of it. And I saw them all sitting there doing humble, 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 humble. And that's the moment that I, I worked out Bridgerton. I saw the pace and the humor in the script in that one scene. And I also saw the warmth of the family. And I was like, that's what Bridgerton is. Every character in Bridgerton could look into the camera and wink. Do you understand? So you know the way that Phoebe does in Fleabag? Like every single character in Bridgerton could wink into the camera. Though, and you must feel that they're having fun, but then you pull the carpet from under their feet and then the drama comes in. But anyway, the point is that scene, Humboldt is coming, is my memorable scene from Bridgerton when I read the script. It's a style thing. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's taste and what she does, it's quite similar to what Emerald Fresnel is doing and there's a crossover there because they write together and there's this female strong and feminist message with really bright images and some cool soundtracks and it's women who are like, I've got a story to tell. You know, women who have worked so hard for so long to be able to tell those stories, they didn't just come out of nowhere and go, hey, I've got a story. They've worked their asses off until now to get to being having a voice. So there's a style. And then you could take Ken Loach style, you know, that kind of, you know, is proper storytelling, it's dark, it's very earthy. And so there's a style, then you might have a Bridgerton style, like, you know, this just gorgeous, sugar-coated, but yet very classy, like you want more of tapping into what everyone wants. It's a respectful storytelling. It's being made to see yourself. It's being allowed to be happy. It's not apologizing for who you are. It's going, you know what? I love these colors. I don't care. I think Ellen did an interview where she said, never did I think, is that too much? <laughs> you know, or maybe she did think that. Is that too much? She's like, no, fabulous, go for it. are in this business and whether you're gosh it would be applied to anything that you find interesting so whether that's art or dance or music anything creative you can see styles and when you're looking at styles all the time you become used to them and then you may be looking for a new style but maybe that's not required at this moment in time when you're casting so do you want to steal from other styles do you want to try and take people from all the different styles of casting or types of shows? Or is that a mess? Do you create your own, like I said? And sometimes actors fall naturally into those styles. And sometimes you take actors who have never done those types of things and give them, like you, you cast them against type, as we would call it. So it takes a little while for myself as a casting director to quite get there. 
of where we want to go with that. And that's why it's so crucial to have a brilliant, open narrative with your showrunners, your executives, your directors, the people that I answer to, the people whose vision that you're trying to help create. I believe in being quite honest about my opinions. I think that I hope that's why people employ me. And I felt that on Bridgerton especially, I had a very safe platform for constructive kind of ideas, you know, how about this? I don't know if this is right, but this is different. I like this for this. What do you think? And then if anybody else on the creative side were saying, well, we like these ideas, then sometimes cast and directors can get quite kind of like, hmm, it's not my idea, therefore I'm not going to agree with it. And I don't work like that. I believe that casting is incredibly collaborative because you and I, like we have our lens. I have a lens of the world as a Scottish female of a certain age from a middle-class background. I see the world through a certain way and no one sees the world through my lens apart from me and you'll be exactly the same. So when you're trying to create a world that appeals to as many people as possible, how can an individual dictate that? So it's in my best interest to listen to my assistant, Leanne, who's Indian, to my associate, Cole, who is from, and I don't think he would mind me saying that, a more working class background, who has you know, gone through different, he was a builder, you know, he's been an actor. I listen to him. You know, I have my other associate and casting director who's from the north of England, and I have another assistant associate who's been a bit from a bit more privileged background. They all have their lenses. And on top of that, you've got everyone that you're working with. So I have to listen to people. If you don't listen to people in our job, how can you do the best job for everybody? A brilliant, open narrative between the showrunners and the creatives and casting. That's powerful. There's no individual lens. The lens at Shondaland is unified. What comes out on the other end, it's a reality of many ideas. It isn't just one person's direction. It's messy. It's from all sorts of backgrounds. It's classy chaos, but it isn't noisy. There's a oneness. When we come back from the break, we'll learn how Kelly Valentine Hendry tapped into this oneness, taking the singular beauty of Julia Quinn's novels and the spank of Chris Van Dusen's script writing and putting that into her casting choices. Stick around. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back. You're listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm Gabby Collins, and I'm talking with Kelly Valentine Hendry, Bridgerton's casting director. Kelly and I are talking about her really cool job. (laughs) Let's hear from her on some of her favorite scenes and characters to cast. I think Polly Walker, that woman is, I'm sorry, she is perfectly cast. No one could do her as well as Polly Walker. Lady Featherington could be viewed as a very ugly character, a very stupid character, a very dislikable character, all of the negatives. And at the end of the day, actually, you felt sorry for her. And if you feel sympathy for a character, then we've won. But it's true, you know, they say to be, she's not a hero. Maybe she is in her own way. You know, you have to fall from a great height to become a hero, which she does. And she does it so beautifully in such hideous fabric. (laughs) Actually, it's beautiful fabric, but it's pretty hideous. Hideously magnificent, if one can. She has a wonderful scene where she breaks down, and Polly did that for her audition, and she was wonderful. And I think Polly Walker should win awards for Portia Featherington. Okay, so Portia was one of Kelly's favorite characters to cast. Let's talk about some of her favorite scenes. Earlier in the podcast, she told us that one of her absolute favorite scenes was the scene in which the Duke and Daphne barely touch hands while they're looking at those paintings. I know you know which one I'm talking about. She's got a few others, though. The other scenes I loved doing in the castings, Violet Bridgerton, Ruth Gemmell, is possibly one of the most beautiful and kind and giving actresses. So she's perfect for Violet and she's very funny and I hope that she's very proud of what she's done with it. But there's a wonderful scene with her and Anthony where she comes to him and tells him what's what. If you are the man of the house, wonderful scene, isn't it? I love thinking about the contrast between Lady Featherington and Violet Bridgerton. And it made me think about how Kelly was able to pick actors and actresses that could tap into those subtleties, really make them shine through in a way that is not in your face, but you know what's happening. I asked her to tell me more about her approach and her philosophy behind the decisions that she makes. We're very lucky with the cast that we have. They are, all of them, very accomplished across the board. A lot of them are wonderful singers. A lot of them are incredibly strong dramatic actors. A lot of them are comedians. And then they all seem to have that skill, each and every single one of them. Plus, they're all really nice people. They're good people. 
And again, when I talk about ensembles, that's one of our big things in our in, at KVH. Um, and to be clear, KVH is my company, Kelly Valentine Hendry. So we're KVH casting, yeah. And we have a no asshole policy. Uh, we try to anyway. I'm getting through the net here and there, but we keep an eye on that. And all of these actors really are. So we have this breadth of experience and we have brand new actors too. So we have a lot of, um, I don't want to say discoveries, I think. That's, you can't claim a discovery, I don't think. You know, these actors have worked really hard. They've been to drama school. They deserve to be there. You haven't discovered them. It's, you know, you, your, your paths have crossed at the right time, you know. It's important to say that. And I know a lot of people say, I discovered them. But it's like, did you? Or did their agent? Or did their mom? Or did they discover themselves, quite frankly? <laughs> well, I think Daphne did, didn't she? <laughs> Episode three, four. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Kelly. Okay. So besides making sure you weren't <laughs> inviting any assholes into the production, I know that's the Shondaland way. How did you make sure that the cast would come across the screen as family? How did you find that chemistry? Trying to cast actors individually across the world <laughs> to have chemistry with each other. You have to trust yourself. And we know a lot of the actors, remember, chemistry a lot of it is a big fat accidental win <laughs> if i'm honest you just don't know who's going to get on together and honestly i've cast shows and movies where the reviewers have panned the chemistry they have no chemistry and i'm like you know they're married now <laughs> and i think a lot of people are involved with that chemistry you've got the two actors obviously you have your intimacy coaches that if they can get the actors to a place where they're comfortable maybe the trust comes across on screen and maybe that trust is perceived as chemistry you know the music the lighting like all of the people who know what they're doing come together to make that feel like chemistry. And I think it's a lot of departments all working at once. I think it's to do with trust. I really do. I think chemistry has a lot to do with trust. I think of people that I work with and I may completely disagree with them, but I trust them. And I trust that our opinions can be dealt with in an adult manner. And if you can talk about things, then we have chemistry in a certain way. If you think about it, you marry people who are polar opposites, but we trust each other. Our ability to discuss and deal with our differences in a trustworthy manner is what makes us a team. Hey, listeners, if you remember, Intimacy Coordinator Lizzie Talbot and Episode 2 and 3 Director Tom Verica hit on some of this. Trust between actors. So if you apply that to sexual chemistry on screen, there may be an element mostly is trust. Trusting the actor to give you the space to say where you're comfortable. Trusting the actor to give you the space to be equal in the scene. Anyone who's an actor listening to this will know what I'm talking about. You know, one actor can dominate a scene. They can take away your paces and your pauses. And that's trust, right? If you trust your partner in a scene to give you that space to be who you are, then does that give you chemistry? Let's take a quick break. Stick around. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back. Let's round up our conversation with casting director Kelly Valentine Hendry. The Featheringtons and the Bridgertons had to be polar opposites, yet again, we're talking about ensemble earlier, believed that they live in the same, exist in the same world. We don't want to laugh at the Featheringtons, but we want to sympathize with them. So they cannot just be a joke. They can't be pantomime. And somebody at some point said that the Bridgertons were Chanel or Wedgwood, it was one of the two, and the Featheringtons were Versace. And that is actually how their costumes are done also, clearly. There's classy and there's loud and actually, to be fair, bold choices. Like, so what? Portia Featherington thinks that these gowns are amazing and let's just go with her. Who cares? So you've got a distinction there. And actually that comes about class and about wealth and money and about the class system that exists in the UK. And in the UK, I spend my life explaining it to Americans oh yeah, but they're the wrong class. They wouldn't do that in this class. And it's a ridiculous, listen, I don't, I don't agree with it. It's ridiculous. And it's our, another one of our stupid British kind of weird things that we do. So you have to recognize it in our shows. And I know we're fiction, but and, you know, there's lots of historical inaccuracies, but there's lots of historical accuracies in Bridgerton and class is in there. Now, the Featheringtons and the Bridgertons, for that reason, live in different places. And that does obviously come out in the storyline. You know, obviously the Featheringtons are struggling for money. He has gambled. They're still aristocracy though. They're still lords, but they're struggling. There needed to be a distinction. And one of the ways which I think that we did very well with the distinction is that you may have picked up on it, but the Featheringtons tend to be a little bit funnier. Yes, the Bridgertons are funny. And I love it when the family get together and they, they are very playful and but the Featheringtons have more laugh out loud moments. And you'll notice that the actors that have been chosen, and we didn't do it on purpose, it just is the way it kind of worked out. They're from comedy backgrounds. <clears throat> it seems Mrs. Farley had some trouble at Muddy's this morning. 
Madame de la Croix is refusing to give her any of the dresses until the last few months' bills are paid. Well, the young ladies have plenty of dresses. Perhaps it is possible for them to wear them all again. So we've all seen wonderful Nicola Coughlin, who plays Penelope, you know, in Derry Girls. She's hilarious. And yet she reigns it in in Bridgerton. She's dramatic, but she has big bones in comedy. Obviously, you see what Bessie and uh, Harriet do as the two sisters. They're hilarious. They are very funny actresses. Ben Miller, who plays Lord Featherington. Ben Miller in this country, yes, he's very good at his drama, but his background is comedy. His comedy shows that he wrote himself are hilarious. He's a very, very comedic performer. Polly has crossed over quite a lot, but you can tell that she's a very comedic actress. And we tended to cast, like I said, more comic-leaning actors into the Featherington household. The Bridgertons are funny also, but they tend to lie a little bit more in drama. And the beauty of the crossover is the Penelope crossover, where you have Claudia and Nicola. I had to ask Kelly about this dynamic duo. Now, Claudia Jesse, we can all agree, is one of the standouts in the show as Eloise. And the two of them and their crossover kind of girlmance that they have across the street. The two of them are very similar in their style of acting. They take script and they have fun with it. They bring their own mark to it. They are very comfortable and very aware of their skill with script. And they are free to play with it, but within the constraints of what obviously Chris has written. And that's why those two work. And we want to talk about chemistry. There's chemistry, those two. Fantastic chemistry. And like I said, I think they know what to do with each other. They know where each other's skills are. They know that they can play off each other. So the casting of those two coming together, I think, is actually really important. Just as important as Reggie and, and Phoebe, in a way. If you look at all the characters, they always have a little... There's double acts all over the place. You've got Lady Featherington, yet yeah, Sienna and Anthony, or Sienna and Madame Delacroix. Yeah, Kelly, I seem to keep coming back around to how your casting choices really serve the ensemble and the double acts that we keep seeing throughout the show. You also mentioned being close to the actors in general, like were many of these actors or actresses folks you'd worked with before? I did laugh about the fact that fellow casting directors were watching Bridgerton, obviously, and they started episode one and episode two and I'd get texts going haha Kel some old favorites popping up and they were like oh and there is Catherine doing a French accent question mark and I thought wait till you see the rest of it there's the reason why she's doing a French accent you know she will be exposed perhaps you might find another terrorist more to your liking across town oui Madame Delacroix that reminds me you have such a Unique accent, and yet I've never asked where in France you're from. Ma mère est française, vous savez. Et je ne suis pas bannée par votre numéro. Je n'aimerais pas que le hôtel d'âme de Bonton soit en de connaissance. I believe Madame Delacroix will be somewhat more amenable to our requests now, Lady Featherington. Très bon. Très bon. In speaking of casting, Catherine Drisdale as Madame Delacroix and her realm within Bridgerton the Modiste, 
Kelly told me how she also approached thinking of Bridgerton in that it is a bunch of little worlds, even though we feel like we are in the world of Bridgerton. Like any environment, there's an underbelly. There's, you know, the top of the hill. The balls, the marriage market, the unmarrying type, widows without want, women with pants at the artist's party, getting it in, all of them coexist, and yet are decidedly different. Kelly's casting choices help make that a reality for us as we watch. What they've done very cleverly with the other world that's going on behind the doors, so any of the homosexual activities were shown behind doors, but in a very positive way, in a very open way, but also equally reminding us all how dangerous it was to be part of that world. And you can't tell stories and use and, and go into these worlds and not remind everyone about how high the stakes are. So at some point, he does remind Benedict at some point, he says, you know, I put my life in danger every day. And it's true, just to be in a room with someone who you burn to be with, but you can't. You know, it's the reason why Benedict does go after Madame Delacroix eventually, because he's kind of shamed into realizing, you know, if you really believe in something, you want to talk about romance? Romance is not what you're doing, this fake peacocking and promenading and this stiff button shirt pretending. That's not romance, but you've been told it's romance all of these years. Break the rules and you will find what the truth is. All of our characters are doing that. Simon tells Daphne about sex for the first time, really. They're breaking the rules and it's the first time she finds herself. You know, Eloise is dying for it and poor her, she's stuck in the constraints of what ifs and questions and no one answering and going round and round in little girl stories until I'm sure her season when she gets to discover who she is properly. This world, the painters and the dancers and Madame Delacroix, the modiste, who has to pretend to be someone else to get business, to make herself feel exotic, when actually she's already exotic because she is a woman who makes her own money, who lives by her own rules. She has more power and more control than any of the Bridgertons. Even Violet, she has more freedom than the Queen. She has more freedom than Lady Danbury to a point, and therefore we should celebrate her as a character. What was it like when you finally got to see the final product. It's December 25th, you turn on Netflix. What are you thinking? When you work on a show this big, you have an expectation that the finished article is going to be quite incredible. And I can honestly say, hand on heart, I was not prepared for what Bridgerton ended up looking like. When I saw Ellen's costumes, I knew that they were pretty amazing because we've been talking about it from day one. I mean, Ellen had started making costumes before I'd even started casting people, poor Ellen. And when you see the finished article and you can see every single one of those diamonds sparkling on the cast, you get this double wave of emotion. One is like, oh my God, the cast look incredible. But secondly, you kind of get into the head of the actor and go, I wonder how they feel they must feel incredible in that. And if you're doing your job and you feel incredible, then you're going to do a good job, one would assume. I am in awe of what the costume department have done. 
I am in awe of Chris and his score. It is beautiful. I mean, I've listened to movie scores since I was a little kid. And I still to this day listen to like Dances with Wolves and, you know, all the old classics. I still listen to the Jurassic Park music. So I, I get that. Yeah. Anything John Williams. So Chris Bauer's soundtrack, and I'm not even talking about his modern adaptations, but just everything that he has done is mind-blowingly different to anything I've ever heard before. When I mean, it just has the maturity of a Hollywood movie with the sass of 2020 and 2021. So I'm in awe of him. I am in awe of the hundreds of people, if not thousands. I mean, it has to be thousands of people that have put it together. We went on set once and it was the very final episode where they were shooting the Hastings ball and they had one last evening together. I didn't get to see the rain came down. We went there for the rain, but the rain never came. Um, we were behind and there's only so long that one can stand and watch, but when you are behind the flats, you know, the walls of your house or your set, it has the structure behind when you don't trip over them when you're running around as a stage manager, as I used to be. And we were all there in the darkness in these big hangars. And you have this beautiful set behind the flats. And there's hundreds, thousands of us all standing there watching monitors or creeping about and hair and makeup and actors and extras eating sandwiches with plastic over their wigs and people learning lines, double-checking lines, you know, caterers. You have the production office like a 10-minute walk away. Then you would turn a corner and hit, oh my goodness, you're in the Bridgerton living room. And oh, I'm in the Featherington staircase. And you look around and you think the love and craft and intelligence and years of training that has all come together for this is unbelievable. And just to be part of it is a real thrill. So... Yeah, I think all departments, we all make each other look pretty good. I particularly like the accountancy department, who pay my wages. All right, guys. So, as you know, we spoke with Golda, Adjua, Claudia, and Nicola. So I had to ask Kelly about casting those wonderful ladies. Starting with Queen Charlotte. So when the casting of Queen Charlotte came to us, obviously there was discussions about the fact that historically there is documentation saying that Queen Charlotte was black or mixed race. But as far as I was concerned, we were 100% there heading towards casting an actress of colour, which was very exciting in that in historical dramas, especially in the UK, that was and has never been done. On the stage, yes, but on television, no. And we didn't really think too much further about it after that. It was like, fantastic. She potentially was mixed race or black. Fantastic, let's go for that. And we never looked back. And we auditioned actresses, Golda, was clearly Queen Charlotte from the minute that she walked into that room. How could you not pass Golda as Queen Charlotte? She's fabulous. There is no one more fabulous than Golda. <laughs> and the wonderful thing about Golda is the ease in which she discovered her Queen Charlotte. Now, 
Sometimes when you read actresses, you get a similar performance. You know, people attack it in the same way and you see the same kind of read again and again. Golda was Golda. Her Queen Charlotte was unique. There was never another Queen Charlotte. And there never will be another Queen Charlotte. I think Golda's done it. She give her the crown again. And that goes to show how important it is as actors to put yourself on the line and, on, and audition for things sometimes. Because I don't think we would have ever have seen it like that. Kudos to Golda for what she did and put herself on the line and came in and gave us what she felt was her version. And just so happened, we thought the same. So the casting of Lady Danbury was obviously going to be hugely important because she is the massive matriarch of the whole piece in a way. And I could tell very quickly, Lady Danbury was the Maggie Smith of Downton. She has the lines, she has the put downs, but she has the status. And people should be scared of Lady Danbury as much as you love her. And I think that going into it, when you're like, who could that actor be? And Lady Danbury is of a certain age also. So we're already starting to narrow down the type of actors that we'll be looking at. Now, Lady Danbury was always going to be a black actress, no question. So there is no color blind casting going on there. Lady Danbury is the queen of fabulousness. And how beautiful, by the way, did Adjoa look in her outfits? Stunning. And we in the UK are very, like, Adjoa Andoa is one of our big theatre grand dams. And not only is she a leading actress, but she's been in the forefront of women playing male roles, especially in Shakespeare. So we already know who she is here and what she stands for. So when the role came up, it was like, well, there's a few actors who are kind of a, what we would call a no-brainer here. And we checked her availability. She was available. And it was like, would she read? Yes, she would. Get her in ASAP. Like, this lady is not available very often. And she's lovely. And we've met quite a few times. Her first question was, was like, now, Kelly, tell me, why am I here? And she meant as a black woman, as a black actress, why am I here? Are you serious? Am I seriously going to get this part? And I could have given her a speech, but I didn't need to. I was like, you can be Lady Danbury. That's how we see her. And that was the end of that. And she did her audition and I'm glad everyone else agreed. So it was as simple as that. But I love that she asked the question because the question needed to be asked. And I'm glad she asked it. It just is. Can you imagine anyone say the words you have entered like that? No. <laughs> Fierce, queen, loyal, boss. Before we go, the casting of the show is actually one of the areas that gets the most attention and press. So how did you feel about the response to the cast once it was received? On a very simple level, I think that the fact that we have talking points and articles questioning our casting choices, um, and specifically, I mean, actors of color in roles where most people haven't seen before. Now, if that engages a debate, I think that's a great thing. And I'm very willing to hear a negative comment about that because maybe it brings it to the table that I can have a discussion in a context that I believe that people can understand. So we don't have to be educating with a documentary about the history of like Black Lives Matter. This is in a context I think maybe some people can understand. And if one person 
can understand that, well, are you upset by our choice of casting for Lady Danbury? And if I can talk through that with someone in very clear and simple terms, which let's face it, it is simple, it doesn't matter. And if that person can understand when, when we finish that conversation that, why are you angry about that? If they can ask themselves, actually, why am I angry about that? Then maybe that one person ends up being a better person. And the next time a show does it, maybe there'll be less questions. And if we're part of that, then I think we've done really well. And we're certainly not the end of it. And with that, we'll drop the mic right there. Kelly has spoken and it is sprinkled with Shondaland, okay? I'm hoping that this conversation soothed your curiosities about what's going on with casting. You guys are hungry. I see you on Twitter. But we have to leave something to the imagination, right? I suppose we can show you a little ankle. And I'm sure you've heard recent news. If you haven't, just Google Queen Charlotte Shondaland and Jess Brownell, one of my co-hosts, and just dine on that. Just, just celebrate that for a little bit. Until next time, dear hearts. I'm going to raise a glass to my co-host Jess Brownell and Shonda Rhimes and the Shondaland family. And Bridgerton, the official podcast, is executive produced by Lauren Homan, Sandy Bailey, Holly Fry, and me, Gabrielle Collins. Our producer is Chris Van Dusen, and our editor is Vincent Dejani. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.